and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I'm incredibly lazy, so I think I would like to be able to clone myself, but then when my clones come back to me... Like, I can re-emerge and have all of the memories mm. that they did. So, pretty much, I just want things to work for me. <laughs> oh like, I don't God. ever want to have to go to work again. I hate working. Like, I can learn stuff. Like, I'm like, man, I really want to play this video game, but I also want to read this book. I can do both at once. Incredible. Mm-hmm. True. That's a good one. And maybe some bedroom things, too, but we'll... <laughs> Joking joke. Uh... <laughs> joke. Delete my brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What about you, Allie? My go-to answer is like teleporting wherever. Because like, of course, plane tickets. But Mm. I would also really want to be able to read minds when I want to. Mm. I have low enough self-esteem that I do not want to know that shit all the time. But I definitely want like in work meetings to be able to tell what my boss is thinking. Because I'm pretty sure half the time it's like, oh, this fucking person again. Or like to know when I tell someone something what their real reaction is. That would be so fun. I feel like when you can read someone's mind, there's like no going back. (gasps) No, there's not. I would lose so many people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. I'm terrified to know what other people think of me, but also tell me what you think of me. Yes. <laughs> You're just going to hear like that dumb Fortnite song that that kid sings in my head like 24-7. It's a literal hell. Yeah, reading my mind would be horrible too because I have ADHD and I also have like the imagistic thinking. Mm-hmm. So I have... I. I can't get over the thought that people do that because I hear words. No, I don't hear. I have to force myself to That's do words. That's so wild to because me. Because images are, they're faster. Yeah, I'll have like five mm-hmm. or seven different trains of thought, all image threads. So reading my mind would be a literal nightmare. <laughs> I do both. I do both, but mainly thoughts. Um, I'll do images if I'm like thinking of something, but the time I actually like process something deeply, it's definitely words. Mm. Always. My big one is my brain just literally never shuts up. Oh, oh yeah, no. Yeah. Always going. That's called anxiety. <laughs> well, it's, it's just ADHD over here. <laughs> so what about you, Jasper? Uh, teleporting, for sure. I hate being stuck yeah. where I'm at. And yeah. it takes so long to get everywhere. And my executive yeah. dysfunction is just like, well, it's going to take you like... 30 minutes to get somewhere so you may as well just not leave ever and i'm like oh good point i totally feel that especially like i'm partially <laughs> blind and i can't mm-hmm. drive so like getting a job in this city mm-hmm. is so hard because public transportation for anyone listening outside of the u.s is horrible yeah, here so bad it's funny because you guys would use it for like close things I would only use it for far places. Oh, I would definitely oh, use for it sure. to go far. But I would never for close because I love traveling like around the city and stuff. Like if oh, I like don't driving have, and around. yeah, if I don't have that time to process before I go to things, I don't know. I but don't like you it. can process in your house and then teleport at the very I, last minute. I would like to be able to choose to walk somewhere if I wanted mm. for leasure True. and yeah. thinking. I used to always say I would want to be invisible. We've improved our self-esteem since then. <laughs> Light laughing. <laughs> Personal growth. Yeah. Today's episode is season one, episode 14, Nightmare. The one where the boys save Aunt Zelda. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble and Rail Tucker and directed by Philip Scritchia. It originally aired on February 7th, 2006. 
once again, <laughs> starting with Sam waking up <laughs> yep. every time. We've had one, only one episode so far where that has not, where being on the phone or being asleep has not been the smash cut. I think we all, I thought for a second we almost got it because you see the car driving at night. Right. And for a second, I thought it was theirs. Well, because the rock like, music was playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My original thought was like, are we really going to do two ghost cars in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, oh, it was God. not. They don't hate us that much. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> so this was a very plot-heavy episode, and we mm-hmm. start with Sam getting those visions of mm-hmm. seeing the man. The carbon monoxide yeah, yeah. How long does that take to work? Do either of you know? It's not as fast it's as slow. it was in this. I put very fast death. Yeah, it's slow. Mm-hmm. Like that. T- I'm pretty sure that takes like a couple of hours. Yeah. Hours to fill the garage and then the car, yeah. Yeah. Or not hours, maybe, but it it's not like 20 well, minutes. Well, you would lose consciousness mm-hmm. before you died. True. I mean, once we found out, like, what was causing, it wasn't a suicide mm. and what was causing him to be murder, murdered, I could totally see the sun standing out there for three hours, though. Yeah. 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 I get it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I've never fantasized about killing anybody who's harmed me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have, but I think, like, people have different trauma responses, and sometimes that's i was being sarcastic oh (laughs) god i'm dumb you're not dumb you're not dumb we both are challenged (laughs) with the speaking and the tones and the understanding words my therapist whenever not therapist the person who gives me meds um ah she every time she asks me like have you thought of killing anyone else i giggle because like that would never cross my mind just personally but then i'm like like, murder yeah when i giggle it probably sounds worse and she's probably more concerned about that oh i'm sure she's not concerned about you at all honestly (laughs) fair when we do smash cut to them in bed i was like dean is sleeping like a normal person they must have just went to bed yeah (laughs) (laughs) before he's rolled over and stuck his ass up the bottom in him comes out at night (laughs) (laughs) oh dear lord i'm so into the priest disguise yes I, i am not immune to priest kink (laughs) <laughs> i have a hot priest calendar oh my goodness from when i was in italy i got me and my sisters all one of them oh yeah and then i went back and they use the same pictures every year <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious i would have loved to have a nun in this episode but that there are never fun. nuns they're never good females. yeah why don't they go like full pokemon and like <laughs> sam and dean like always cross-dress in disguises like jesse and james, like jesse and yeah, james. I yeah fucking love that they just walk amazing. in like some hot nuns and okay, drag but for real for real dude nuns are hot mm-hmm. like no no shut up listen <laughs> listen to me the whole reason nuns are cool is because back in the day, that was how they had political influence and how they had an education, guaranteed, no matter what their social status was beforehand. And they're all stuck together, so you know it's real lesbian in there, okay? Oh, yeah. Shut up, Allie. <laughs> I nuns agree with you back in the day. Hot. I'm not talking about little old ladies, okay? Yeah, let's take like 1,600 nuns. Let me have my fantasy. Why do you hate me? <laughs> I just I grew up Catholic. Um, um hello. I, I swear to you. I also stayed in a nunnery in Ireland before. 
And it's the scariest fucking place I've ever stayed. I swear most haunted. As someone who attended the Ursuline Academy established 1604 and saw the original convent and new nuns, you don't get to act like you are the authority on nuns here. Just Ohio and Irish nuns are lacking. And Italian. That's true. They were French nuns. Maybe they're just better. That might be the difference here. Yeah. (laughs) Your brand of nun. I don't know. I watched, what was that movie, that TV series on Netflix recently that people only talked about for two weeks that had the awesome action nuns? Warrior nun. Warrior nun. Yeah, they were all hot. I don't know. Listen, except for the voiceover narration, that show is so fun and cool. And it's yeah. going to be gay for sure in season two. Oh, for absolutely. Sure. So for we should sure. have had a Supernatural X Warrior Nuns crossover. I'm fine with just Warrior Nuns. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, a bunch of hot ninja nuns. Are Fair. you kidding me? Oh, man. Anyway, anyway, we're getting way off track. So now that we've traumatized you all with nun talk, I really <laughs> love... Uh, Dean's obsession with wake food. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Dean's little snacking habits. Yeah. Eating those tiny little Vienna sausages. I mean, it makes sense for like growing up transient to like yeah. always like try and get food where you can get it. Yeah. But he really does love those little finger weenies. <laughs> I once got in trouble at a funeral for saying that when I have a funeral, I'm going to put the food behind me. So you have to reach over my <gasps> body to get the food. Allie, that's iconic i love that my family did not think so that's hilarious oh my god and i thought I'm like, so hyped for you to die if, oh god I, me too i love free food i would knock your casket over to get okay. to it but what if i held the salsa bowl in my oh hand? my god that's that's amazing. hilarious holy wait, wait, shit wait wait hold on what if like you're just surrounded by like guacamole and queso and stuff like around the body so you're just like oh, a big fuck. dipping counter yeah you're like a chip and dip like in your in your arms are the chips and then around oh, your right body me. is all the dips i'm here for it incredible mine's gonna be like the sushi girls oh, oh my god <laughs> anyway it seems like dean is also not immune to priest kink Oh, absolutely. He's so into saying all of the little priest things. He just happened to have those outfits. (laughs) Right? I don't know. Like, just, he's usually so much better at, like, the con. Yeah. Yeah. And in this one, he's all like, we're all children of God. Like, he's having so much fun. (laughs) Like, Sam's getting annoyed. (laughs) I love it. I just know he's thinking horny thoughts. I also love when he goes upstairs in the wake and pulls out his new super juiced up <laughs> EMF reader. With no, lasers. It was, it was an infrared thermal scanner. Oh, they yeah, the cat lasers. toy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So I'll let you know right now that we never see never. that again. Oh, of course. It's fucking tragic. That was a masterpiece. I'm glad to see it go. <gasps> It's so obnoxious. And it doesn't really do much. I love it. I want to think that he made it with things he stole from Walmart. (laughs) I fully support this. You know what would be like more useful? Just like infrared goggles. Like Oh, and that would be so funny. They don't have them at Walmart. That is the only place in these backwoods towns. Uh, 
I mean, maybe. Couldn't you get something like that as, like, an actual, like, animal hunting Yeah, thing? I forgot Cabela's exists. Never mind. I'm wrong yeah, about Yeah, and they're everything. already there every other episode to get Sam Sam's new outfits? hoodies. Yes. <laughs> yes. His zip-up with, like, that weird fabric on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we wore, though. That's what I wore. I know people oh, who still wear also, them. also, Sam's outfits today. Want to talk about Sam's priest hair? I love his it's priest really hair. Cute. It's so yeah. cute. Oh, little Sam. It's so flippy. Aw, little guy. Also, um, the wake is kind of when we get introduced to the family, and just yeah. like the real emphasis on how like perfect the family is, and like we see this big, like beautiful home. Yeah. And I really liked the setup. Yeah, and the there. wake is very f- full. And mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, my son's over there. He's pretty distraught. I imagine like a six-year-old. Like I've seen this episode and I still imagine them walking up Plus and Plus that actor child. is like pretty um, age agnostic. I had <laughs> a lot of trouble at first, like deciphering how old he was I'm supposed sorry, to be. You, I just, you said agnostic <laughs> instead of ambiguous. And I, I love it. He, is a, he subscribes to no age. <laughs> Yeah. I put, why does the kid look like a 40-year-old in a midlife crisis? He's supposed to be the same age as Sam. Yes. He looks twice and also half at the same I time. I know. Like, yeah. he could be anywhere from, like, 17 to 42. Yeah. yeah. I hate it. Those people confuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just creeps me out. Good old man, baby. He was incredible in this he episode. He was very so good. I will say, like... Man, sometimes the people they get to be like the B characters mm-hmm. are just whoo. I think he's the best we've seen this season. From like yeah. a guest star, absolutely. Yeah, he yeah, fucking absolutely. killed it. And it's so funny with him and his amazing acting transposed against like the guillotine head scene because there's like oh my such God, yeah. serious and then such camp. I like, okay. I love that fucking Final Destination shit. That was probably the best scene in this whole episode, but I will say like. We talked about in the beginning of this episode the like how it would take three hours to die of carbon monoxide poisoning. How that would actually go is it would slam on his neck and then he would have to use his telekinesis to like suffocate him like his head. There's no way that window could chop off his head. But well, what if maybe. he hit razor blades on it? He super glued razor blades before. Well, we I, I, know, that's absolutely what we happened. We don't know what the actual mathematical Power. force is of his telekinesis. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how fast and how hard he could slam the window shut but i'm willing shop? to hand wave it i'm willing to crazy. hand wave it because it's already telekinesis see i i'm with jordan i kind of i'm like well no i'm okay with it because it's magic if they told me it was like something scientific i'm like no i need it i mean i loved it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. it just like the head chopping off with the blood it was very it was campy. great though also i loved when they were trying to well there's two things i loved First, when they found out that the uncle, I think his name was Ted, was something, something like that, was going to get murdered. Dean's unnecessary flashing when he has a vision <laughs> where, like, they just shake the camera at whatever wall is in the room and, like, put give a strobing effect. Did you say yeah. Dean again? I did say Dean. <laughs> his name Sam. is Sam. Sam. <laughs> this is not Gilmore Girls. Come on, Jordan. It would Jordan. help if I wasn't constantly hearing, like, the name Dean. And then also thinking, this is weird. He also played a Dean. You need to delete that <sighs> yes. thought. I'm going to delete it. But yeah, it, when Sam is having his vision, the like <laughs> shaking the camera. Yeah. And I 
I'm sorry. Like, as someone who gets, like, sudden migraines, I try to just ignore it, but I'm not super into the depiction of head pain. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of okay with it only because um, the visions are so different. Like, I get migraines where I lose my vision. Yeah. Um, And it's so different from this. <laughs> Obviously, mine aren't that action Yeah, packed. true, true, true. Um, so I'm kind of like, well, this is just a whole new category. I guess that's, that's fair. I just... The reason I assume mm-hmm. it's like migraine pain is because of the location the that he clutch. emphasizes yeah. on his head. He like yeah. clutches his um, giant fucking skull. No, no. <laughs> his eyebrow bones. No. Like I feel like they could just make like a weird noise and then have him clutch his head. Like I just feel like there's easier ways of doing it it's, that are less disorienting. It's a little over the top. They're just, but they're just making sure we know. That's true. And every time we get that noise, they do in everyone every movie. That's like. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like after the vision and they're going to try and get to Ted before he gets his head chopped off. I love that parkour scene. <laughs> oh yeah. The stairs. That was so oh intense. It like reminded me of that. What is that movie? The girl with the r- orange hair where she's like running. Is it the German film? It's Run, the German. Lola, Run? Run, Lola, Run. It gave me very much like Run, Lola, Run vibes. I am inside of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next psychic person they come across. True. Me. Mind reader. Yeah, it's just you. <laughs> it's just me. You in 2015. Hi. Hi. <laughs> or 2005. 2005. I did like with the... Um, when he brings up the visions and things, I love how Sam talks about, like, maybe they're cursed. Because I think that's a really fair point. Because they yeah. do have so much trauma. And, I mean, if you have demons, you probably have curses. Yeah, true. Uh, and, like, along with that, I love how reassuring mm-hmm. and, like, calm Dean is. From the very beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. he's trying to be like, this probably isn't supernatural. Like, this probably has nothing to do he with you. He does do that thing that men do when they're trying to reassure you when they, they know it's a problem and instead of recognizing it's a problem they're just going to be like it's not a problem don't worry about it it drives me insane like they're kind of like oh you're fine because it's we fine. even like like jensen ackles i love how he's good at like acting with his eyes so he'll be yeah. like it's yeah. nothing to worry about and the camera will pan to him like panicking <laughs> And I'm like, hmm, he literally is like the panic meme yeah. with the yeah. yeah with the the bald gray head. It's funny because last episode his was so over the top acting, and I yeah. didn't like it as much. And this it does feel a little more refined, like um more intuitive. And I thought he, I mean, the other guy killed it, the so, guest killed it, but he did well. I actually think that Sam and Dean were there was a couple lines in this episode when they were talking to each other where I thought they did pretty good at delivering a line that kind of gave a lot of context. Like they specifically Mm -hmm. said, Dean said, nobody's family is normal and happy. They kind of showed what his idea of a family Mm -hmm. is supposed to be. Yeah, I have some thoughts about that as well. Because he's saying that in response to Max saying like, all good things, all happy memories. Mm -hmm. And we you know in in the scene where they're walking to the car yes they both agreed that they were like Mm -hmm. okay he seemed freaked out but in the scene when they're talking to max the camera is focused on dean Mm -hmm. and his bullshit detector immediately pings even Mm -hmm. though even though when they were in the car previous and sam was like well we have something in common with the millers our family's Mm -hmm. cursed he's like our family isn't cursed but then he's all like, wee-woo, wee-woo, like, bullshit detector. Yeah. 
like knowing immediately when mm-hmm. there's abuse happening yeah like it's alarming to see mm-hmm. that connect happen instantly yeah. because yeah. only people who have experienced it mm-hmm. can recognize it that quickly in others. Yeah. Well, and Dean also seems to really be apologetic towards his dad's behavior. Mm. And I think in that line too, we kind of see like a little bit of, they can't be happy because you know, our dad is supposed to be what a dad's like and our dad is not happy. I think in the middle, he's very apologetic. Yeah. I think that shifts in the end. So I'll save that. It does yeah. shift in the end. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved the parallel. That's very blatantly obvious um, between Sam and Max. Um, not saying anything new with that, but one part I especially like is the origin of how they realize their powers because they've had similar backgrounds, they have mm-hmm. similar issues, and yet Max, his power comes from his anger and wanting to seek revenge, and then Sam, he realizes his power when he's trying to save someone he loves in Dean. Yeah. So I really like um, yes. the parallel and showing how same circumstances or similar circumstances and yet you're kind of responsible for at a certain point what you do with that yeah and how they talk about their powers is really Mm -hmm. different um although it's i think it shifts for sam in the Mm -hmm. episode as well but uh from the beginning and then up until near the near the end sam is talking about his powers like like they're bad talking about having Mm -hmm. a curse and all this stuff and then when he asks max about it like oh six Mm -hmm. months ago this started happening and he says when i realized i could move things with my mind it Mm -hmm. was a gift yeah yes and I love how, um, like, we were talking last episode about Dean having the deep connections. Mm-hmm. This feels like Sam kind of stumbles into a deep connection, yeah. which ends up very tragic and um, damaging to him with the ending. Yeah. But I think it's interesting to go from Dean having the only, like, true deep connections until Sam is kind of, like, forced into one. Yeah. He just happens into it. I do like that Sam doesn't guilt him or make him feel bad for killing his two abusers because good riddance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after Max reveals that the abuse had never stopped. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I liked how they then brought in the moral gray area with the mom because I think that is something to battle. Like The stepmom, yeah. Yeah. You don't battle whether to kill that person, hopefully, but you do battle like what you do with the person who stands by and recognizing like, were they a victim of abuse? Because yeah. that's a thing you have to do as adults. That's so difficult. So I really did like yeah. that they never said like, oh no, she was fine. Yeah. They kind of clue us in um, before Sam speaks to to Max that he's going to take Max's side anyway Mm -hmm. um, from that conversation with Dean because Sam indicates that he understands the anger and he understands wanting Mm -hmm. revenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't make it seem like this kid who's just like acting ridiculous, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Also, I'm really glad that in the end you found out why they put so much emphasis on her being the stepmom. Because at first I was like, oh, is this like an evil stepmom trope? Because that's (laughs) so awful. Yeah. Yeah, and it was interesting because she, I don't know, she seemed to be a good one in not her stopping, but she seemed to be a parent figure. Yeah. Um, in not a lesser way, because when they said the stepmom, I was like, oh, Lord, we get another one right. of these. And she is so 
so distraught and broken Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode you really get the sense that she um she did care Mm -hmm. about max a lot like i i thought it was clear throughout the episode but especially Mm -hmm. at the end that she loved max and it made me think a lot about how helpless you can feel when you know someone Mm -hmm. is being abused and throughout the second half of the episode max blames her Mm -hmm. for the abuse as well but there may not have been anything she could do. Yeah. It, frequently, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like another take is by the end too, it kind of seemed like her losing everything Maybe what it took Ooh. for her to learn because when in her actual communication with Max, when in the premonition before he killed her with the oh, knife, in the kitchen? she was making excuses yeah. for herself. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. I would also really like to know what the dad did for work um, because I do think like if she was a stay-at-home mom or like there's so many times where someone doesn't have the capacity to leave. So I think it really depends what their roles and their relationship was like w- between yeah. the parents um, because like I, I saw on Facebook the other day a girl I knew, she posted like how her husband bought her a car as a surprise. And I was like if I didn't, first of all, if my partner controlled the money and I didn't even know, like have a say in the car, like that to me is so weird and controlling. Right. Like that to me is not sweet. So that to me showed the lack of authority she had um, just in someone I know in personal life. And then, so I'm really curious what their dynamic was and how much um, like what capability she had right financially but then also like physically emotionally you have to wonder because it's not just her husband that's Mm -hmm. being um you you know who's lashing out physically it's also her husband's brother and they're both hovering around her all the time like that's a situation that gets women killed yeah exactly exactly and if the dad knows not to hit where is seen exactly the kid would never know necessarily yeah well and then there's too the fear of like if she does die where does that leave max yes that's so true the uncle kind of made me wonder too because like they kind of didn't tell you i'm like was he also abusing max or was he no, like he was. more the mother okay i think it was yeah, implied they, mm-hmm. um and i thought that was interesting because i i feel like they did a good job of handling this mm-hmm. and oftentimes victims of abuse those are people who some of them end up being abusers themselves and so i right. thought that was interesting thinking of the familial relationship and what does that mean about their childhood right there was a scene too that i did like um when they had talked to the old neighbor and he had mentioned that he had called the cops but mm-hmm. the cops didn't do anything and i was like yes they of really they don't didn't. I'm glad the episode recognized that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking of cops, this is a backtrack, but this is the first episode where Sam and Dean were worried about consequences related to cops. Oh, yeah. They Mm -hmm. they wiped the... uh fingerprints yeah. off the rail because yeah, usually they're like sneaking in whatever doing whatever they yeah, yeah 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 i just thought it was interesting yeah it's the little things yeah. this mm-hmm. episode just overall felt so thought out in comparison to any other one i agree minus i kind of have a little bit of issue at the end but we'll, we'll talk about that we'll get later. to that when we get to it i thought the uh i thought the special effects were pretty good in this episode mm-hmm Ali's looking at me like, are you sure? 
they were good, but they did that thing where before they knew how to do reflections in like a shiny surface, they just did like white light shining off of it. And they put that knife and gun so prominently that's really obvious that it's just like a filter, like a fake light, white light instead of anything that would have been in scene. Oh, I, d- I don't mind it. It yeah. looks a lot better than any of the other computer generated stuff that they've had, yes. honestly. And I don't know, the decapitation looked decapitation really good. Decapitation was too. great. Yeah, that part. The only thing I took issue with is what I already talked about the effects of the psychic visions I hated. Mm. But besides <laughs> that. That's like an aesthetic thing. Yeah. yeah. Not like. And I didn't hate the CGI. I just felt like they. The way they shot it with the camera, like directly behind the gun and knife, yeah, like was a little bit much for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and this is a personal taste thing, but mm-hmm. I think it would have been more visceral mm-hmm. if um, Max had not used his powers to fire the gun, like at all. That's yeah. a good point. I, I every time I see this episode, I wish that they had done that. And I, I get what you mean, too, because I had that same thought. It was like when he is killing with his powers, he had said, like, I was chosen. It's really removing himself mm-hmm. from... He didn't say that. Oh, he didn't say... Well, he didn't say he was chosen. You are correct. That was Sam. Like, we were chosen. But um, he did say, like, this power was a gift. Yeah. So it's, like, different. Like, it's almost like he's been giving, a, like, almost divine authority to kill these people. It's kind of like how I saw it in his head. And I feel like, yeah, if he had removed that. I, I disagree. Really? I don't think he, no, I don't think he had, he felt that he had authority to do it. I think he just felt like he needed to reclaim his agency. Yes. And there yeah. was nothing, nothing bigger than that. He just mm-hmm. wanted, like you said, he just wanted to not be afraid. Yeah. I yeah. think actually that Sam mm-hmm. is more invested in this mm-hmm. idea of the divine. He's the one who brings up the idea of being chosen when he realizes how much he has in common. Yes. And I think, you know, thinking about episode 12, mm-hmm. the way he is so keen to believe that the faith healer has real powers mm-hmm. and that Dean really was chosen mm-hmm. to be healed by God. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and, and just the way he's trying to reconcile him having abilities with his idea of the supernatural being something inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam wants to be a divine avatar mm-hmm. much more than Max. Well, I use the term divine loosely. I didn't mean, like, he believed it was an actual gift from God. He just thought, okay. like now he had the right to kill people but yeah yeah i agree because i think he took it as like i'm blessed with this where sam took it as like this is for a purpose right so i think they both are like oh this is cool but in a different way i think you're yeah. you yeah. both are absolutely right okay i guess now i can kind of talk about like the one issue mm-hmm. that i had and i do actually have some <laughs> counter arguments for my own arguments but <laughs> that's the way it goes yeah. but um i didn't really like that was Max's character, I felt like the lesson was there was really no way to get out of abuse. I found that really defeating. I kind of wish that we had a happy ending of him, like, not trying to kill his mother. I feel like him killing himself, like, just kind of sucked as a message. It was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. As someone who has tried to Kermit, it was (laughs) uncomfortable to see. But I disagree that there was there's no out for abuse. I don't think that was the message. And I'll tell you why. It's because of the way the stepmom is 
laid like parallel to Dean mm. in the episode. So they have a lot in common, both of these families. It's not just the fact that, you know, Sam and Max both have the powers from the same age, the same nursery fire. Both of their fathers were obsessed with the manner of the mother's death. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're both drunks. Yes. And we know that John is violent mm-hmm. and that he drinks, although it's never really up to this point put together that the two were together, that he mm-hmm. was a violent drunk towards other people. I feel like uh, John Winchester's is just more implicit where this father's story of abuse is explicit. Just in that you have to connect the pieces at this point. I think it's absolutely there. I think they just kind of, it's reading between the lines. Up to this point. meant to be. So then the the extra person in Max's life is the Mm stepmom. And that's the potential barrier there, right? And his issue with his stepmom the whole time is that his stepmom never, never tried to protect him physically from what was going on. And, of course, like we said before, there were probably a million reasons Mm -hmm. why not. Or, we don't even know, she might have also been physically abused, Mm -hmm. probably emotionally abused. Mm -hmm. But Sam had Dean. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's why it was okay. Because he he was the mom. He was the mom replacement there. So he's intervening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's... Mm-hmm. That's why nothing bad is going to happen to Sam because he has Dean, and that's how he turned out so quote well adjusted. That scene breaks my heart too. Yeah. Well, I have the two lines written mm-hmm. down that kind of like shows it. So after that, we have um, Sam says we're lucky to have Dad, right? Yeah. And then Dean, who has kind of been very apologetic towards his father, where Sam has not been, then says the line, "All things considered." Which yeah. is, like, the first time I really feel like we yeah. got kind of... And his face is... Yeah. His expressions are very complicated there. Yeah. Very good mm-hmm. face having in that moment. So I feel like it's kind of the first time that Dean has really addressed that their dad may not have been... Well, he didn't. He didn't address it, though. But he hinted. They, well, there was subtext yeah. there. Yeah. Subtextually. Mm-hmm. I think, like, in the in the moment of the scene, he wasn't trying to say to Sam. Oh, I think he, he was. Wrong. I don't think he was. I, I think, think he was saying, like, despite the circumstances. I don't think he was necessarily blaming the dad, but I think he was definitely, like, even though our upbringing wasn't that great. I think he was trying to not talk about it so he wouldn't say something bad. I don't know. That just because he's so staunch. He always so staunchly stands up for John, and I think yeah. he just felt very awkward and uncomfortable, and like wa- like he always wants Sam to acknowledge how apparently great John is. So I don't think that it would cross his mind to argue in that moment well, so with Sam, who's finally being like, dad helped us, turned out okay. I don't think he was trying to... I think the why he said that in that line was because he didn't want to disregard Sam's feeling, and he mm. wanted Sam to think these feelings for his dad, like you were saying. But yeah. I think the subtext of that sentence is he's also reflecting mm-hmm. and being no, like, maybe yeah, things I, weren't I, as... I know. I, I'm just saying I don't think that he was trying to indicate in any way like implicitly to sam i think that's subtext that we're supposed to, to gather sam, as the audience to sam no but to the audience yes yeah that's, that's yeah that's what that's i was what saying. I'm saying that's that's 
an audience cue, I don't think Sam is meant to get anything. I think a little both. I disagree. Really? Because only because I feel like um, this is the first time where he has the ability to be the one to give a little doubt because Mm -hmm. it's like um, finally Sam's trusting in his dad so he can show the doubt. Mm -hmm. Like you can't show the doubt when you're like defending the guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So as soon as the roles kind of switch, it's like he he kind of has that space. Mm, I don't think he maybe even consciously does it. Right. No, Um, definitely not on purpose. I like seeing that. And I, so I have an issue with the um, Max completing suicide in how they show it. I don't think it should have been shown. Right. Um, I think it should have been more implied. Like you could do like the gunshot. You could know what happens when you see the rest of them standing there, turn the gun um, because we're supposed to relate to this character and see like the tragedy in him. Um, so I think that choice was bad, but I do think the choice of the narrative was good. Um, yeah. Because of the parallel with the reasons for Sam and Max using their powers. And I think it's such a cautionary tale of if Sam, um, like harbors this anger that is from his childhood, then it turns out to be toxic. So I think I was okay with narrative, but not the way they shot it. I don't think that should have been shown for someone you're supposed to like people have been through trauma relate to this character and then visually see that can be, yeah, can be very hard. Yeah. Holding on to anger mm-hmm. and pursuing anger, mm. um, the end of it is self-destructive, mm-hmm. even if it is not as violent as Max's end. Like, it yeah. is emotionally mm-hmm. damaging in the long term to not allow yourself to heal. Yeah, yeah. plus, like, this show puts, like, such an em- emphasis on vengeance, and, like, that's a yeah. big motivator, and, like, vengeance, like, it has to happen for, like, order to kind of be mm-hmm. set. I think it would have been a really nice moment for, like, forgiveness to kind of come mm. in. It would have been, like, a good theme switch for the show, but we're only episode yeah. 14 in, so... It's interesting that uh, you talk about that it just occurred to me because john is also on a very Mm -hmm. self-destructive quest for revenge i think we've talked about before how sam has become Mm -hmm. like a a mini john like he is very single-minded in the same way so on top of like the message that following through with anger in your personal and familial life is damaging to the self there's the idea that Sam's pursuit of revenge against the demon is going to be self-damaging as well. Yeah, I love when you said vengeance because that popped in my head and the idea that the other dad was seeking vengeance too in a different way. So that because he was seeking vengeance for his wife by taking it out on his son and um, maybe his new wife. And so I think the idea of seeing vengeance done in multiple different ways, but all of them ending up poorly um, really does drive home that point of vengeance is toxic. And if you are actively pursuing it, that is something that um, kind of distracts you and poisons you from the rest Mm. i love that you use the word poison there (laughs) (laughs) i like dean's little expression in the very end of the episode oh yeah like worry face (sighs) it's yeah it's so interesting because he makes the jokes and he comforts sam but it's like he is questioning what this power means for sam and what it means for them yeah well i i really took it as like 
he just wants so badly to protect mm-hmm. him from it. The same way he's trying to, like, all throughout the beginning yeah. of the episode, like, being like, there's, it's fine, mm-hmm. you know? It's just he has to switch to jokes at the end because it's not fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's so, like, especially because he he doubles down on the joking when the first thing, the, the spoon thing, doesn't turn mm-hmm. out to be that funny. Yeah. After all, he's like, yeah. oh, gotta keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> Lighten the mood. <laughs> Poor baby. No, I totally agree. It is so sad. I'm really interested, too, in the ideas of monstrosity mm-hmm. in this episode. Like, what makes a person a monster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who and at what point do you become the monster? Right. Um, after suffering so much? I love that. I think this episode handles it very well. It did it a yeah. lot better than episode six. Oh, my God, yes. Which <sighs> was skin. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I try to forget that episode. And I think we do owe a lot of that to Max's actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. wow. He was just so good. The woman, Beth Broderick, mm-hmm. who played Alice Miller, who was also Zelda Spellman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She was also really good, too. Yeah, absolutely. She was so good. Oh, I have one interesting thing about her. Um, it was really interesting to me. I think she does an amazing job sobbing. Um, it is hard to act through that and make that realistic and show that trauma. Um, but then when Dean and Sam leave, she does this weird look to the side. And they film just her face. She looks to the side and she's not crying. And I don't know if it's just like the acceptance of what they went through and the kind of covering up and being able to move on. But I don't know why they did that. It was just a, an interesting choice to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like thought that that was more everything hitting her. I didn't see mm. that as like a stopping of crying. I was like, I saw the shock. Like she's like, I've lost everything now. Oh yeah, I don't think she intentionally stopped crying. It was yeah. just a strange transition. So the shock yeah, makes, makes sense. sense. It was just, yeah, I don't know, an I interesting think, choice. I think, yeah, I, she was just like acknowledging that they were leaving. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the acting in this episode mm-hmm. was really good. Not only from the guest stars, but I think... um sam and dean as well yeah this was probably jared's best one so far and there were moments like i said i'm not a big fan of how they depict the headaches or whatever but yeah i thought he was really really good oh and i loved how aunt zelda um was left with the patch on her forehead that looked like a bullet hole um, cause oh. it was the perfectly round and I thought it was a great metaphor. So even though she lives, she carries this trauma with her and this will impact yeah. her life. So, um, the living is still a direct result and almost casualty right. of these choices. And that's with her character where I kind of, again, was like, this show really likes the theme of like, everyone's <laughs> gonna pay. Mm-hmm. No one is free from that. Yeah. No one walks away from it. No. Sorry. I'm just having oh, fun. I'm, I'm having Dean as both parents' thoughts. <laughs> it's so true. I really enjoyed Dean's acting, too. Like, yeah. he's... Jensen Ackles has been pretty good in every episode, but I do love his acting between the lines. It's mm-hmm. my favorite thing about mm-hmm. his character so far. I like watching him not speak more than I watch like watching him speak sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Allie. And in this episode, he does so much acting through, like, mm-hmm. looks. Yeah, in silence. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I'm just, he's the mom and the dad. Yeah. And Sam doesn't even realize how Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. I'm a little sad Uh, that. My heart. 
we had talked about this in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. I know we, Jasper and I, wish we could have gotten some childhood flashbacks, and I know you were kind of against that, Allie, but... Mm-hmm. I really wish we could have seen a little bit more of their childhood. Like, I want to know. I think it it builds it well for the wanting to know. I'm glad they hold off because I think this one, you're like so dying to know. But I think um, because of the great acting, it just like makes it Mm -hmm. more of an intrigue. It also makes me really hope that John shows up soon. (laughs) Yes. Where is this motherfucker? Yeah, I'm like, I want to like this. They really build up some like angst for when that actually happens, Mm -hmm. that meeting. I have lore. Show us the lore, Allie. Yeah, it's incredible to me that, like, we went this long without being like, (laughs) Allie, what have you researched? Well, this episode, I feel like, just stands so solidly on its own. We're so passionate Um, about the themes! (laughs) Yes. This one I did look into psychic kids, and it's something, like, everyone, not everyone, but lots of cultures believe, like, kids know from past lives or know more about the world, more connected to it. Um, But I kind of fell in the trap of looking into indigo children, Mm. which is something from the 80s and 90s through today. Um, It's kind of a new age name for kids with psychic abilities. But there's a big belief that it might be parents who just want to find an alternative to labeling their labeling their kids as having disabilities or uh, psychiatric diagnoses 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 thank you and there's no scientific basis for it um but the kids are seen as empathetic strange by like others who are like relatives or neighbors um clear self-definition or purpose subconscious spirituality so not necessarily religious entitlement high iq intuition and resists authority And this is fascinating to me because um, I do think sometimes in our beliefs, like, we can't almost accept what our kids are. So sometimes uh, because of stigmas or internalized issues, um, sometimes we like labeling it. And this is linked to ADHD and autism. So neurodivergence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's a pseudoscience and religious base. So it's like this very weird area of in between things but i think it's interesting because this is something that's come out of the new diagnoses and um kind of finding a way to accept or not accept (laughs) but then also i jumped to looking in premonition dreams Mm. i am fascinated by premonitions and dreams um i used to and like growing up i would always not always but i would sometimes know who i would see that day oh and it was like people i wasn't supposed to run into or like like on a weekend so it wasn't like i was going to school so this stuff always interests me um now some people have way cooler versions um like there's like aberfan landslide where 150 people i believe died in south wales and um uh a man went there to survey the population and 30 people had dreamt of the fire before it had happened purportedly, Whoa. which wow. is a large amount. Yeah. Um, Lincoln dreamt about his death two weeks before it happened and told his like friends and his wife about him visiting the white house and seeing his body in the casket. Wow. Carl Jung, he is a psychologist. I I know him from his, like, theories. I had no idea that he dreamt of darkness and catastrophe in Europe. Um, guess when? 1914. 
Oh. Right in early 1914, right before World War One. Huh. Wow. Um, and then also there was a man who made $1.6 million because he had a dream that um, one company, I think it was Inco or something, would rise in stocks. So he bought 40 shares and made that much money. And then, so some statistics that are interesting, um, people who believe in psychic visions or psychics are more likely to have these dreams. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And surveyed, up to one third of people have had premonition dreams. And the number might be higher. Um, there's obviously no, like, scientific, like, this many people will have a premonition. Like, it's a hard <laughs> area to study. And we don't even really know why we sleep. We don't fully understand that in science. Um, so there are still a ton of studies going on today about REM and the different levels of sleep and, like, what the purpose is and what can be done in those. Huh. Wow. That's very interesting, too. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see, like, where they go with this whole premonition thing and, like, why Mm -hmm. exactly Sam was linked to this other person with psychic abilities. I, like, I think this show seems like it's going to have a pretty strong plot this season. And, like, I kind of wish they would give us more crumbs in other episodes about it, but they seem to be like, okay, here's the plot episode. We're just going to throw it all at you. It's funny because knowing more, I feel like they put in crumbs starting now. Or starting a few ago, there are little, little hints. I'm ready to just eat them all up. (laughs) We can talk about those more as they accumulate Mm -hmm. and as the plot progresses, too. I'm sure you'll be like, oh, because we're dissecting things so intensely. Like, by the time we get to certain plot points, Jordan, you're going to be like, oh, I remember in that one episode (laughs) when this happened. Exactly. We're just right here now, like... Like, like, clenching our fists, trying not to talk about it. (laughs) I hope every crumb is swirling your finger in a theater goblet full of blood. That was was the first time in a non-sequitur episode we got, like, a little hint of the main story was, I think, Megan. Yes. Oh, Meg, yeah. Meg, yeah, that right. Um, Megan. (laughs) I'm calling her Megan Megan. from now on. Miss Megan. Slit the throat of the dude and mm-hmm. did the swirly fingers to talk to daddy. When you said swirling your finger in a theater, I was thinking like when we could go back, go to movie theaters back in the day, um, the cup holders on chairs. I just imagine you licking your finger and swirling it and the Ew. crumbs left behind because you said crumbs. I said theater cup like a prop. Oh, I know what you yeah. mean now, but you went from crumbs to theater, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, I thought you were talking about fingering someone in a the movie <laughs> theater. I was like, oh. Not Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Alanis Morissette's ex. <laughs> oh, God. Do we want to talk about the fanfic? Yes. Um, so this time I grabbed an episode coda, because I haven't done one of those before. Mm. I'd say, like, a good number of the fanfic for supernatural is episode codas just like little little bits of extra emotional depth or like exploration of what maybe Mm -hmm. happened just after the episode had ended it's a side dish Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this one's called body hill by hannah may ski summary dean has no idea what he's doing or how to fix this but that's okay he'll learn parentheses, Dean tries to help Sam write out his visions the best he can. 
and it is tagged. This is literally just Dean taking care of Sam. Hurt comfort. Early seasons, Dean is so special to me. Sam Winchester's visions. Psychic Sam Winchester. Skipping that one because it's a little spoilery. I love you, Psychic Sam. And then the episode name and number. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. And I've definitely, like, read in other fan fiction before, they'll, like, allude to, oh, Dean knows how to take care of people who are not, like, having migraines mm-hmm. or whatever because he helps take care of Sam having migraines mm-hmm. in, like, the early seasons of the show. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to see ones like this where they're specifically, like, mm-hmm. doing the thing. Yeah. No, I really like that. I was saying that this is such a good episode to write about because... If I could be a fly on the wall in the, like, hotel room or wherever they're staying or in the car. Oh, fuck. Now I remember what we didn't talk about. That fucking hotel room. Oh, yeah. It was, like, with the fake log cabin stuff on the inside and, like, ten different, um, like, uh, antler trophies and, like, Mm -hmm. the taxidermy elk and all that shit what was that about there were like papers like tacked to the wall everywhere i'm like they can't take that out every time they stay in a hotel room and retack paper so it can't be them that had to have already been there i for a second i was like we don't know bobby yet like this just looks like bobby's man cave (laughs) (laughs) how is that in season one bobby's cave does not look quite like that though. but it should thank you Oh, no. What? That was so tacky. Oh, I think he would totally have a TV room like that. Like an no, escape no, no, from... No, no. There were two TVs in that yeah. room, like, next to each other, too. It was were they a really? weird place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It looked like where, like, if you are traveling with a group of kids, you stay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was... What was the reason? Yeah. <laughs> it must have just been, like, an old set from something else. So, like, yeah, let's use this weird thing. Switch up the hotels, and they just basically yeah. switch out the grate and the color screen, usually. Because right. they've stayed in log cabin motels quite a few times now. Have they? Have they? I'm pretty sure. Maybe one time. Yeah. But it wasn't like this. Maybe this was a... It was intense. This was different. Yeah. And, it, like, because it's so, like busy mm-hmm. like there's so much going on i i like find myself wondering like is there some sort of like like imagistic purpose mm-hmm. here like am i supposed to be reading something into this that i'm not seeing like it's just so want an alley stretching metaphor yes always <laughs> reach for it alley this is meant to represent their childhood and all the hunting trips and be a metaphor of leaving behind their childhood and what they've known Okay, that indeed was a reach. <laughs> I just think it was a goofy motel room. But I agree. Maybe. I agree. I just like finding giant leaps. I do like, though, there yes. was two motel rooms in this Ooh, episode. True. And the first one was exceedingly nice. It looked mm-hmm. like an Airbnb. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was probably busy scribbling. It was probably the lack of antlers. True. Yeah. <laughs> no antlers? Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's your cottage core. Yeah. Just taxidermied animals. Yeah. I love that. So should I rate the episode? Yes. Yes. Let's rate the episode. Mm-hmm. I want to go last. I want to hear your ratings first. So I want Jasper to start. Yeah, I don't want to start. I always go last. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. You first. I give it five out of five window guillotines. Hell yeah. I thought it was an awesome episode. The acting was fucking fantastic. I am impressed. It was 
so important to this story and I wouldn't change a thing minus the little shot of seeing him max um but literally otherwise i thought it was great kind of feeling the intricacies of the episode i do like it more i still do stand by my original thought that i don't necessarily like the message of Mm. there's no recovering from like intense childhood trauma at least for max Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna give a four out of five spinning letter openers oh hell yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. this one for me was a five out of five Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Five out of five flying kitchen knives. Ooh. Wonderful. Yes. I just think it's so complicated and mm-hmm. it's a lot more subtle than some of the other mm-hmm. episodes. And I love how balanced it is mm-hmm. between developing Sam and Dean. It, it's like it takes time mm-hmm. with both of them. And like, wow, that actor who plays Max is just so good. <sighs> so good props to you yeah what do you think will happen next jordan Ooh. make um, a prediction oh actually you know what's happening next in episode 15 because we're we're, yeah. we're passing Pass. by that one i i'll i'll go with what's happening for us next mm-hmm. in in 16? 16 in 16 yeah i'm gonna go with um oh by the way just to let everyone know um we po- we're going to post why we're not mm-hmm. reviewing episode 15. So you can find that on our website. Yeah. Um, Jasper wrote mm-hmm. a beautiful little dissertation. I don't know if that's <laughs> the right word. That is not the right word. I wrote a 1200 word essay on mm. why I hate it and it's stupid. I like the idea of it being your dissertation though. <laughs> yes. So if anyone's interested, feel free to check that out. Mm. But I'm going to go with episode 16. Um, I think we're finally going to get some more info on John mm-hmm. and we're going to find him and he's fighting a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking werewolves. Mm. Praying for a werewolf. Always. I'm manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar and special thanks to Sophia Linden for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Chicago, Illinois. Bye. 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 Bye.